0: Welcome to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Your host, Steve Hudgens is a licensed professional counselor, and your co-host, Julia Canton, is a therapeutic coach. Together, they discuss various topics, providing a different perspective on life and insight that you are not alone. On a non-emergency basis, you may contact them at area code 918 280-8690 or CoachSoul.com to provide them with new topics, feedback, or to request an appearance on the show. And now, here's your host, Steve Hudgens.
1: Welcome back to the show, and and thank you for joining us today. This is a special bulletin uh, in regards to an announcement that this is unrehearsed. This is not uh, anything that Julia and I have ever done before. and it 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 can be difficult in having some confrontation dialogue. And Julia and I want to be able to be vulnerable with our audience, especially hearing from from different perspectives and and how to deal with having serious topics of conversation that need to be had. The necessity of this conversation has to do with my upcoming surgery this coming Friday, three days from this podcast, in regards to a heart surgery, that it it does come with risk, risk of me not surviving the surgery, having a stroke, those type of things. And, you know, God forbid that things uh, turn to the worst. We're hoping for the best. And this conversation, today's topic, will discuss Julia's feelings as the announcement to her in regards to my upcoming surgery triggered an emotional response. I think it's important for us to learn how to deal with our emotional responses, especially when it stems from things from the past. Again, thank you so much for joining in our podcast today julia as always it is a great day to be able to look at the sun and just take a deep breath in and soak the warmth of the sun and it's a great day to be able to be positive and looking at what life can give us and not what life doesn't have
0: Hmm. yeah including last night the universe gave us a meteorite i guess that flew over tulsa and was lighting up some homes did you hear about that about 3 30 last night
1: it did and it even had a kaboom sound to it so it rattled uh here so yes uh it's like okay here we go
0: (laughs) anybody get uh end time vibes
1: yeah it's 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 just we have to be prepared every day we live our life to the fullest as if it were our last
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know it's it's reflecting on how, how do we live our our life and then we live it to the fullest and what do we do with the heaviness sometimes that we that we get in life
0: Mm hmm. Well, I think that that's, you know, honestly, Steve, I think that that's a really great introduction for today's topic that we're just kind of playing by ear here. I, I would like to our listeners, I know, are probably aware, but I don't know to what degree. Um, you have a pretty significant surgery coming up and regarding your heart. I would love to say that we could get through life without having these significant uh, challenges that present itself, but here we are. And one, I wanna ask you um, how you feel about that upcoming surgery. Um, And then two, I would like to share with our audience Um, just some interesting uh, internal dialogues that's going on with me because of our friendship and connection. So you want to share with just the audience, give them a little bit of insight. Yeah. What's going on with you first?
1: Yeah. Let's kind of backtrack a little bit because one, it's difficult for me to talk about me. Uh as a humble person, I much rather be engaged with listening to your story, listening to, you know, my client's story. Uh, I just find like, you know, their life is interesting. I, you know, and, and my life is not all doom and gloom either. I'm not a weakling. I'm, I'm pretty strong in, in who I am as a person. And when I think about, oh, my gosh, Steve, you had cancer. Uh, I overcame it no chance of coming back four years of of, of being clear of cancer. You know, August of last year, I was hit with uh, three different bacterias that attacked me at once. The doctors called me an enigma. They didn't understand it. But, you know, having that near-death experience really opened my eyes to a lot of different areas of being able to be aware and being thankful for life itself. And I I could look at sepsis in a negative way, but I don't, I have to look at it in a positive way only because it caused a snowball effect for me that they were concerned that the sepsis caused something to my heart. And we began doing some testing and research and into what's causing um, the rapid heartbeat. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm biking, I'm lifting weights, I'm walking, I'm not having any signs or symptoms of, of anything, and that's what's baffling the doctors.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So a couple of weeks ago, I had gone in and saw the cardiologist and the CT scan that was done he he was uh, not happy. Uh, he was concerned, and he says, "I don't. I need to confirm the CT results. Let's go into your heart and let's look from an inside perspective to see what's happening." I don't know how I feel about something crawling up my arm on the inside of me, but you know, <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> dealt with it. And they went in. Unfortunately, I was uh, asleep to the procedure, exhausted. And so the the medicine they gave me did kind of relax me to where I could go to sleep during the procedure. And one of the things that uh, they went inside and he says, we need to have a talk. When a doctor says we need to have a talk, that is a trauma. I don't know. Backflash to going to the principal's office. Yes, guys. Steve got paddled in school. Imagine that.
0: <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> right.
1: I guess that put me on a narrow path when I got that paddling. You know, it's, it's, it, I get it. But we sat down in the doc's office and he says, Look, I'm very concerned because 85% of your Widowmaker is blocked. You have another artery that's 100% blocked. I have another artery that's 85% blocked and I'm like, well, you know me, I take good care of myself. I eat mm-hmm. the healthy foods. Uh, I, I I don't smoke, never have never done drugs, never have. I drink alcohol, but never been drunk. Uh, I'm do alcohol in moderation. If it is alcohol, it's a glass of wine. I just enjoy the flavor of uh, grapes and, and, the way they can do different variety of wines. I'm careful about my heart health. I'm careful about my body because my grandfather, uh, my paternal grandfather died at age 49 of a heart attack six months prior to me being born. And then my own father had a heart attack at age 50. I'm being proactive. I passed a stress test, everything. So this is what's baffling the doctors as to what's happening. And I even like kind of doubted a little bit until I saw the images he brought up on the screen. And I'm like, this is serious. Yeah. Yeah. They had called me last week. They said, would you like to do surgery this Friday? And my heart jumped and I'm saying, are you trying to give me a heart attack? I am not nowhere ready. And then I could have it uh, January the 20th for for surgery. And I thought, no, because this is my mother's birthday. And if something was to happen, I don't want her to have a, a sad birthday. Not that I'm wishing anything on me. Just the thought of being thoughtful of my mother and my aunt who also has her birthday. I have scheduled it for this coming, uh, sorry, uh, the, the this coming Friday, which would be the 27th of January. And I just don't know how I feel about it. I'm at peace knowing that I made amends with people and you know, if you're listening to this and you're a first time listener, you know, I try to make peace with, with people in my life so that I can have peace. I think it's important when you're facing a life death surgery, because they're going to stop my heart. Mm -hmm. And I've had trauma in the past with, uh, surgeries of, of waking up And I told the enthusiologist, I I don't want to wake up and and be like uh, Friday the 13th with a saw blade in my chest. (laughs) I don't need that kind of trauma.
0: That's kind of inconvenient.
1: (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Uh, So, you know, I have to be light of it as well and kind of joke about it because it just helps me to process a little bit better. There is concern, but at the same time, I feel at peace because I know I have the best doc when a nurse or tech in a hospital talks about a doctor in a positive way, he's a good doctor or she's a good doctor. I'm comfortable with where I'm going. Uh, There are people that I know that I did not know in the aspect of, of what hospital I knew they were in the medical field, but did not know which hospital. And it's funny that they're gonna know me even better because they're gonna be taking care of me now instead of me taking care of them. So that's interesting, you know, Julia. We're we're really close as friends, and you know, I know that uh, you were sharing with me earlier how much this is impacting you. Um, with me coming up with the upcoming surgery, you know, it's it's uh, I'm single uh the spouse that i was married to left uh you know uh during my illness back in 2017 and it's uh it just blows my mind and then i'm not the only one i hear other stories too about people leaving during illnesses and pulling away or or whatever you know let's talk to our audience and let, let's just be real with them in regards to Here, uh, it is impacting me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, my faith in God is very deep. My walk with him is good. Uh, I don't feel like I've hurt anybody. Uh, And again, if I have, I apologize. Um, I'm a person that, as a therapist, I want to be a healer. I want to be an encourager. But even beyond trying to be proactive in some way, this has impacted you as well. Can you talk a little bit about how this has impacted you?
0: Yeah. Well, Steve, I I think that one, having the opportunity just to talk about this is is such a gift because it's an awareness um, that's come up. Um, The audience uh, doesn't know or they know very little um, but my related husband had Marfan syndrome, which is a connective tissue disorder. And so it affects, it, what it is, is you're basically born without the fibrillin one gene, which is the glue to the cells, uh, one of the glues. And, um, and so the individuals that are born with Marfans uh, tend to have a, uh, up until recently, now with preventative care, they can live a lot longer to about 70, 75. But there was a certain point where um, medical science wasn't up to date, and the the expected rate of life was about 21 years of old. Years old, and mm-hmm. our children were all four of our girls were born with it. My son was not. Typically hits one child out of a family, not four, it typically hits the males versus the females. Ours was exactly the opposite. And then our four girls that have it, it ranges in different levels of severity and impact. So we were in and out of hospitals for surgeries all their lives, um, including with Lee's. And one year we even had 27 surgeries in our family. And um, ranging anywhere from eye surgeries to torn ligaments or hernias um, on up to chest reconstructive surgeries because the ribs were growing into the lungs and heart. I mean, Mm. just, you know, amazing things. And. Um, and grateful that technology would allow us to make these corrective surgeries. But the reality is, is that living in that kind of thing, there became a certain point in 2000, then in 2002, and then 2004, where I was told three different times go home be with your children Uh, your husband shouldn't have even made it to the the ER much less to live to the next morning he should be dead right now and he's not going to make it through the surgery so go home Be with your kids. And and there's nothing quite like being told news like that. And and there becomes a certain point, even with faith and very strong Christian beliefs, especially during that time. There becomes a certain point where the the individual, the partner goes through a phase and it's a very I had to learn that it was a very natural phase of where they have to survive. And so aspects of who they are kind of shut down emotionally so that if the death occurs there is a way to business has to still go on. You still have children to raise. You still have bills to be paid. There's still a job you got to go to, you know, there's all these things that all these responsibilities that still have to happen, even if the death occurs. And so I learned one of my coping skills, healthy or not was just to disengage emotionally. I could be present for it all physically present for it all without having to necessarily feel it all until after the fact. And, I want to interject something
1: here real quick. Uh, to sure. You, you know, mm-hmm. I find it interesting that when something like this impacts you, you have mm-hmm. no way of preparing your emotions whatsoever. None. And I think this is where we need to bring in an awareness of how trauma can hit how mm-hmm. trauma affects us. And so this is sort of a trauma episode for you because here's the love of your life that's being impacted and you're being told he's not going to make it. Correct. Correct. Just you so, say your
0: goodbyes, literally handing me his wedding rings. The doctor says, we will not make it through this surgery. This takes us back to the prep room so that he and I can have a few minutes of time so we can say our final words because there, he does not expect him to live through the surgery.
1: I, I can't imagine the emotions and the impact that you went through and, and how are you coping and dealing with in the moment? Do you, can you recall any of the, the thoughts that came across through your mind? Were you angry at God? Were you angry at life? Did you become angry? Or what were some of these thoughts and feelings that came to mind?
0: Well, I think the first time it happened is, is that there's just a simple disbelief that, that there is a, that this is some kind of weird dream. You know, I've walked in on and I, and I don't think that, there was a, I mean, there's, sorrow, there's the sorrow, there's the concerns, there's the fear, there's this love that in these words that are being poured out and between each other. And you're just, you know, for me, I had to just, we just had to be as much as we could in that moment. And then you know, they, they, you just say your goodbyes and you go on. There's, uh, there's no time, you know, in that particular moment to be angry at anybody. There's actually Mm. no time to even process what is happening. It doesn't feel real. It is a, it just, there's just no, there's no way that I have words to even describe that part. You know, when they go back or when he went back, there was a, a still just this sense of complete, is this really happening? Kind of thing. When and of course then he makes it through. And, and a miracle has occurred. The second time it happened, it was just as equally disbelieving, except by that point in time, we'd already had so many surgeries in and out that I don't emotionally, I just began to disengage. That there's there's no time to be sad or sorrowful. There's no time to be angry. There's no time to do anything besides we got to do the next step okay we got to show up here at this time this child's got to go here we got to get people in to help us with the kids here everything is very dry and very i hate to use the word rote but you know just it's just very strict we got to get that, that 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 and tick off the boxes
1: what, what um, i'm kind of hearing sometimes it's like watching uh, a sports replay in slow motion your life is speeding past by you, but in your mind, you're in the slow motion aspect. Not only has you, have you had surgeries in the past, you've had this one episode of impact
0: mm-hmm.
1: and now you're hitting another one. Yeah. And I, I can, I can see how you can begin to disengage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you're, when you're starting to disengage, you know, a lot of people who have not experienced any kind of trauma or impact of a loss of a loved one, you know, I want to bring out that for our listeners too, of how it does impact us. The thought of you having to go through this again, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to go through the emotions. How were you trying to cope at this time?
0: Well, I mean, it's to be just as raw and vulnerable, I didn't. I stuffed it down and because the business had to be taken care of, there there was no I had babies. You know, I had an infant at that time. I had, you know, four other kids. There was no time for me to take a break to take care of my emotions. And so they got stuffed down. There was that those were going to have to be put on the shelf and dealt with later. You know, I'm not saying that that was the most healthiest thing, but it was a coping mechanism. You know, it was, I didn't turn towards drugs and alcohol or, you know, those kinds of things. I, I just, business had to be done. And so there becomes a certain point where you just, at least for me at that time, I would do now I have different insights, so I would do it differently now, but we don't get to do that. We just have what we have when we're going through it. I could deal with that later. I'll deal with that later, and um, and of course when he makes it through that one, then about almost two years to the date the third time happens, and because I had uh, the first time was disbelief, the second time is stepping it down, I mean second time is stepping it down, the third time there was no. There was no room for for anything. I completely went into what I call the survival mode instincts, which is he's going to die. And if he dies, uh, where am I in my education? How am I going to support this family? There was then the anger began to and the blame began to show up because Mm. I didn't feel like we had learned enough from the other two times and got prepared. The conversations of, if you die, what are we going to do? were not really covered well. And preparations still were not in place to take care of the kids and I, and, and then that car kind of started covering, you know, then, you know, it was a, a different story. Then I was just pissed. I mean, I know some of our listeners probably don't like the cussing, but I was, I was curious and how dare this happen again. And us be found and, and him leaving me that vulnerable without taking care of things at that time, that was my opinion it began to be the unraveling of, of the marriage. We were still best friends, but mm-hmm. I could no longer demonstrate the care and love and concern that I had before because I had to shut down a part of me in order to be in the relationship because even if they survived it we were still not dealing with the issues that he was going to die you know and eventually he would
1: we're running out yeah. of time and 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 towards the end of the show you know we we're, we're taking a break a little bit from talking about gender and roles and such But it's interesting, though, to hear how your role played into this, how his role (laughs) played into this. And we're going to wrap this podcast up just to say that life does have interruptions. And what I've learned that sometimes I find God in this interruption uh, you know, it's given me a break from school. My doctoral school is kind of giving me a break from the practice just to do a lot of reflecting. And I know the outcome or the other side is going to make me feel like a 25 year old physically and mentally. I feel like, okay. I have the wisdom of, a, of a, an older person. Do I want to go back into my twenties? Relive? No, I don't. Uh, I'm happy where I'm at. Uh, I appreciate the listeners for being patient. Stay tuned because we're, next week we're going to do part two, which is going to talk about how do we get through uh, an interruption like this. How do we get through? And and I don't like the word cope. So let's Julia and I will flush that out a little bit for you guys about coping uh, and the reasons why I don't like the word cope for, for a specific reason until next time, y'all have a great week and, uh, be blessed. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week until then be safe and be kind.